Greetings. Hello and welcome. The archival recording you are about to hear was sourced from live streaming audio in an effort to expand content reach. I have decided to repurpose the show as an audio podcast. I have done my best to remaster the audio quality for your ears, but I have chosen to leave its content and length unedited, so you may hear reference to visual cues not described in said audio. If you would like to see the original live streaming video podcast this recording comes from, please head over to youtube.com slash C slash Frumis Films LLC or just search Frumis, F-R-U-M-E-S-S. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Audio from episode to episode will also vary in quality. Sorry about that. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Jeff from us. Listen, do da do. Do you want to know a secret? Do da do. Do you promise not to tell? Whoa, whoa, closer. Do da do. Let me whisper in your ear. Do da do. Let me tell you all the things I want to hear. I'm in love with you. Listen, do da do. Do you want to know a secret? Do da do. Do you promise not to tell? Whoa, whoa, closer. Do da do. Let me whisper in your ear. Do da do. Let me tell you all the things you want to hear. That's too many syllables. What's going on? Dr. Airlift was first. Mr. Red was second. What am I doing? I'm going live a little earlier than usual today. Hey. Yes, I love that. The bell notification crew checking in. <laughs> you like that song too? Do you know who say do you know who sings that song? Do you know where that song's from? I don't know if it's a cover or if it's an original, but do you know that song? I I'll give you two guesses. How you doing, Amy? Welcome to the show. Jake Bailey. What's up, buddy? That's funny. My wife and I That's funny. My wife and I made and edited our second child's birth announcement with a cut version of that song. There you go. And Mazel Tov, congratulations. Um, Congratulations on your second child's birth announcement. That's wonderful. A wonderful blessing. Yes, I think George Harrison sings the lead. I'm pretty sure. And that is correct, Dr. Airlift. It is the Beatles. Yes, you're a little late to the party. I was just going to say the Beatles. Mr. Jeff Fromello. <laughs> That's a new one. Why? Because I drink the, the seltzer. Is that what it is? Is that what it is? Hey, Chris, how you doing, man? How you doing? It's George Harrison's song, Beatles song. Do you, uh, uh, do you want it? It's not would you like to know a secret? Sorry to be a little extra nerdy there. It's do you want to know a secret? Do da do. Do you promise not to tell? Do da do. Let me whisper in your ear, I'm in love with you. Ooh. Man, there's nothing like the Beatles, man. Oh, I'm sorry. So Jake's 
Jake's second child is five going on six. That's the same, same as my son. My son was born September 11, uh, September 12th. As a matter of fact, here, quick funny story, super, um, super irrelevant, quick funny story. My first child, the day that my first, the day before my first child is born, I'm on a job interview. My wife calls, Winston, that's not rubber soul, you fool. That's um, please, please me. Come on. Um, the day before my son is born, my wife calls him, just getting out of a job interview. She goes, honey, honey, my water broke. So I'm like, oh, got to run, you know, rush to the hospital. And then I'm like, wait a minute, check my watch. And the date is September 11th. No offense to anybody who was born on September 11th in this chat or watches this video. But as a New Yorker, sorry, here's the little thing. But as a New Yorker, you know how I feel about September 11th. So the fact that my son is going to be born on September 11th. So I say to my wife, <laughs> she, ne she never lets me forget it. So I, as I say to my wife, I say, are you sure, honey? Are you sure? Can you, do you think we'll make it to the 12th? And she goes, Jack, what the fuck did you, <laughs> she's so mad. She's literally in labor. I'm like asking, like, can you keep the baby in <laughs> for a little bit longer? Like just until September 11th. I mean, it's what a Shempa. What a Shempa that I just didn't want it. I didn't want it for my son, you know, to celebrate his birthday on September 11th. It's just not something I wanted. And, you know, we lucked out. He was born on September 12th. Again, I know that story is at the expense of people born on September 11th. But, you know, I mean, come on. Like, do you, you understand. You understand my feelings. I'm sure if, if you didn't have, if you had a choice, would you want to be born on September 11th? No, you probably, maybe you would pick September 9th. September 11th is a somber day, especially in New York. That's all I want to say about that. And today we are all about the comments, guys. We are all about the, there, there is no structure. I have a little structure, a little bit of structure, but it's all about the community tonight. So buckle in. We don't have all the time in the world. I am between three ginormous projects right now. Uh, I have deadlines that I'm supposed to hit. I hit the first deadline last week or last Sunday on May. And I got another deadline to hit, so I can't stay forever. But, you know, I'm never going to let us miss a show if I can help it, you know. Um, I need my own seltzer from us. Wow, Dr. Airlift, you must be a doctor of smartness because that is a great idea. Well, let's make it happen. Talk, your people talk to my people. Jake says, I watched the video from the other day and you were focusing on Doyle. Okay, real quick, super quick thing about that. You guys are funny funny i you know what i do is i clip my shows what does that mean it means i do a super long show and we got the people that like to sit in and listen on the super long show and then um i listen back to the show kind of like the way a football player watches the game afterwards i like to listen back to the shows if i have the time to because i like to see how i am performing i'm always trying to work on myself i'm trying not to curse as much i'm trying not to say um uh, um, I always do that or look or, you know, anything that's sort of like, you know, uh, uh, that's a big one. Uh, I do that a lot. So I'm always like looking at my performance to see how I am doing and how I can improve, uh, in this live setting. Um, 
so I, I look back. See, I just did it. Now I'm super conscious about it. So I looked. So so what I do is I go back through the shows. But I, what I also do is I I cut up clips. I take clips out and, you know, I recycle them. Like, you know, you'll see the clips from a previous show from three months ago will drop as clip videos of, of varying lengths, basically modeled after what I saw, like Joe Rogan and H3H3 and all these other channels. They all do this. They make little bite-sized clips because some people don't want to sit and listen to people who are like, you know, of note talk for three hours, let alone a nobody misfits nerd filmmaker on the internet. So I think, man, if I can even grab the people with the really short attention spans, I'm just going to do clip, clip the shows up. So what I did was I, I was like, oh, you know, I kind of did this or I didn't even plan it. I just started talking about Doyle's um, entire career off the top of my head. And before you know it, um, it had 42 minutes had passed. I was like, that's a video right there. So I put that out and man, you mother effers, 45 people are watching it. I'm going, it's already aired and it aired recently. I can't get over this. And it leads me to believe based on the views and, you know, viewership that I'm seeing people like smaller bite-sized comment. That's why you'll notice I'm doing these polls. I'm trying to figure things out because I'm trying to, I'm trying to grow this baby. I'm trying to grow this, grow this. Uh, Jeff, I got to show you my rendition of a Beatles track that didn't make running out of time rain. Ah, rain. The, um, that, that was the f first or second music video ever in the history of music videos. Technically a promotional film that was, uh, sent around to all the talk shows because the Beatles didn't want to go down the road, but yes, I'd love to hear it. Robbie, send it over to me, man. Send it over. by the way, I, you know, guys, if you're, if you're friends with Robbie on Facebook, he's doing these walk walking shows and they're. They're really, you know, like the video is just like this. It's just like a video of something that's not necessarily super duper interesting. It's just, you know, it's a street. It's walking down the street. What's a very mundane task, but, you know, you're just walking with Robbie on his walk. Kind of fun. Um, uh, I, I stopped in for a while to check it out. So check out Robbie's, Robbie's uh, walk and talk videos. Those are fun. Uh, Simon says, does anyone know if the Misfits would ever print original T-shirts with the ones with the black print? Yeah, I don't know, Simon. Simon, I don't know. Child was born on October 21st. So our, was that 2015, Jake? If so, our children are a month apart. Uh, that's really cool, man. Dagger love. Oh man, you can't even, Dagger, what kind of nonsense is that? You know, how are you going to make me choose between my two favorite bands, man? Two of my favorite bands. So the answer is, I can't even answer that. It's apples and freaking oranges, man. Apples and oranges for different freaking reasons. But, you know, don't be one of those. Are you one of those guys that's like, oh, the Beatles, uh, dude, the Beatles are great. Don't even get me started. I will I will fight anybody tooth and nail on why on the Beatles greatness. You just watch just saying that album rules, though. Oh, yes. About uh, Rubber Soul. Yes. Rubber Soul does rule. Lol, can you just hold them in? Exactly. I was like, honey, just hold the baby in, please. Not September 11th. Uh, whoa, Glenn Danzig has more power than Jesus. I, I, I guess so. Okay, sure. Sure, why not? I have tried to make Misfit shirts white with collared, colored black logos. Sorry, I can't read. Um, you know, I used to do this as well, and I wish I had an example to show everybody. You know, I used to make t-shirts, so I quit smoking, right? Um, about 12 years ago, I quit smoking. I was a pack-a-day smoker. And one of the things I used to do is I would, you know, I was, I was in college, right? I'd take an X-Acto blade and transparencies and I'd print images off the internet 
and I'd make my own shirts. I made Misfits t-shirts. I made all sorts of shirts of things that I was really interested in and things that d weren't on t-shirts, just kind of like the Misfits did. And then I'd take acrylic paint and I'd roll it over the transparency that I stencil out. And the, the acrylic paint was so, you know, it would dry on and cake into the Hanes t-shirts I would buy. And they were the coolest shirts around. As a matter of fact, there's one on the Lodi page. I don't know if I can find it. Uh, man, I wish I, I wish I, <laughs> I wish I had the foresight to know that someone was going to bring this up and that I would have this picture prepared because I don't feel like searching for it. But I do want to show off my really cool homemade. I was a teenage Martian, or I'm a teenage. No, what is it? I turned it. Sorry. <laughs> I turned into a Martian. It's I turned into a Martian t-shirt and I gave the crimson ghost was green. And then he had um, antennae coming out of his head, his domicile. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to find it right now, but I'm sure as hell gonna try passing by pictures of Joey image and myself. I'm just going through all these. Oh, here it is. I found it. I found it. So this was, this was about a year after I quit smoking, as you can see. You're going to see what I looked like when I was a heavy smoker and had the metabolism of a hummingbird. It was pretty spectacular. Here, let me do this real quick. So here is my shirt. Oh! <laughs> so I made, that's a shirt I made right there, Simon. And you can see the, um, the Martian. I turned into a Martian with a little Martian man. It was a lot of fun to make that shirt. Very easy to make a shirt like that, too. Uh, so, you know, it's easy, man. You just got to figure out. You just got to figure out how to how to crack that nut. You know what I mean? Jake says any. Anyway, Doyle video. I didn't know child was such a dick bag. Huh? Who's Ch oh, Chud was such a dick bag. Yeah, he is. And you were at that show. Yes, that show. I want to do a whole episode about that show. I think it's a fascinating a fascinating show for sure. Or like Joe Rogan making clips out of his shows every chat. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I know. And, and, and you were tricked and I'm sorry. I'm sorry for anybody who thinks that I'm live when I'm not. It's just, you know what it is guys. In all honesty, that's me wanting to have a fresh video for you every day, whether it's a rerun or not. And I strive, you know, I have about 60 of them banked and I just like decide, I'm like, hmm, which one do I want to do? I sit there, I Photoshop thumbnails, I do all that metadata. It's a full time freaking job doing this thing, which leads me to what we're going to be discussing in a short time span. As soon as I get through some of these comments here, Mr. Red says, I'm trying to think what's worse being born on September 11th or Halloween. I, you know, it's funny you say that. I always, I always joke around with people who are born on Halloween. I call them the chosen, chosen one. Hey, chosen one. Um, but yeah, that wouldn't be fun because it's like your attention is being drawn towards Halloween, you know, but at a certain age, you kind of want to forget about your birthday. You know, when I turned 25, I was like, holy shit, I'm getting older. This sucks. And ever since my 25th birthday, I don't particularly look forward to my birthday anymore for the last 10 years. I'm 35. I don't look forward to my birthday anymore. I know that's sad. So I'm going to go and I'm going to say definitely, you know what? I'm going to pick September 11th over Halloween straight up. I would rather my birthday be on September 11th than Halloween. How about that? No, that's not true at all. No, take that back. I don't mind it being on Halloween. It makes Halloween twice as special, but I would just celebrate Halloween. I would not celebrate my birthday. That's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to say. That's what I'm trying to say. Graves is a special vocalist. I thought it was going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, someday we'll talk about that show. 
I only found your channel last month. I sat, I sat, keep the four hour epics, please. Oh, you say keep the four hour epics. They're not going to disappear because this is my secret sauce. This is what I do really well. I talk. I can't shut the fuck up. All I do is talk. Bah, 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 bah. Jeff, Jeff, all day long. Jeff, you talk too much. You talk too much. Well, this is the one place where I can really talk. So I talk. So, you know, those will never go away. However, I am trying to figure out how I can create other content that's not reruns that is shorter. And we're going to talk about that in a, in a second as well. Joe Rogan is a stupid asshole. I just feel like saying that. I, yeah, I, I have to agree. Joe Rogan is kind of a stupid asshole. Um, I really, really love his interviews. And I used to listen to all the clips all the time. However, I think he says a lot of idiotic things. There's a lot of things I really don't like about Joe Rogan. And it's only increased in the last year and a half, I would say, if I'm being honest. That is the truth. Everly Brothers are the shit. Damn right. How you doing, man? Hey, uh, Ballad of the Broken, how, it, you know, Ballad of the Broken had COVID, everybody. I hope he's feeling, I hope you are, are, are I hope you are, blah, 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 have a strong recovery. I hope you are on your way towards a strong recovery. That's what I meant to say. Beatles are my favorite band overall. Danzig related bands are right up there. Wow. You know, it's funny. We, man, I've been trying to figure out how to do a Beatles related show. You know, you you know what's funny? People are like, oh yeah, you you could talk about the Misfits. Like something I love talking about. I love talking about the Misfits. If you think I could talk about the Misfits, holy crap, I could do this about the Beatles like 11 times better. I know everything about, not everything, I know a lot about the Beatles. I would say I'm an amateur Beatles scholar in the same way that I'm an amateur Misfits scholar. I could take a, teach a course on both if I wanted to. Uh, if there was a Beatles song Glenn had to sing, which would it be? Excluding Helter. Well, I would say Helter Skelter if he was in Danzig. Um, maybe she loves you, but instead of she loves you, she, he changes it to she hates you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She hates you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She hates you. Yeah, 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 yeah. You think you gotta love. I'm not singing it like Glenda. I'm singing it like someone else. Uh, I'm singing it like my they, oh man your blues would be sick i freaking love that song that song is punk as fuck right there yes i'm lonely wanna die yo let me tell you something if you think the beatles are overrated go listen to your blues you know john lennon might necess not necessarily have been a punk but that dude had a punk rebellious rock and roll spirit man that dude was punk before there was punk in many facets, not in total. He was a very complex, complicated guy who also did a lot of really crappy, terrible things, you know? Oh, what's up, Doomdell? Guys, this is the winner of the Devilock pageant. Doomdell, I owe you a prize. I have not forgotten. I have just been so friggin' busy, and I want you to hold me to that because I'm a man of my word. I just have not gotten around to it. I do the same exact same thing. I just made a black flag shirt, blah, 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 black flag shirt yesterday. You know, I made a black flag shirt, um, but I did it with the Seinfeld guys. I, ah, I want to find that shirt now because, oh, should I find? Let me see if I can find that shirt real quick. Um, how are you guys liking this episode so far? It's not, we're not talking about the misfits. It's just sort of like a, like a grab bag. Is this? Is, is this is this is this episode kind of bothering you or do you mind do you like that we're having some like you know because I've been kind of ignoring the comments because I'm trying to stay on task I don't want to get distracted um but tonight we are just all about the comments they're made out of meat let me see if I can find this shirt that I made 
that I made, that I made. I made. Oh, here it is, man. This is me. Is Dave Street in this photo? Yes. All right. Everybody knows who Dave Street is, right? So hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Um, You're going to love this. You're going to love this. So look. So there is. That's me. In my Seinfeld black flag shirt that I made. And that's Dave Street right there. And this was a short film we did. Our first collaboration outside of his interview for the Misfits Dog called They're Made Out of Meat. It's on my YouTube channel. Check it out. They're Made Out of Meat. It's uh, it's a silly one. It's a silly one. A lot of things I would do differently on that one. Man, maybe I should remake it. Maybe it's time to do a remake of They're Made Out of Meat. However... I don't think you could. I think Dave Street is irreplaceable for that for that role. He's just so good in it. Um, but check it out. You can find it on my channel. I'm not going to search for it now. Yeah, he would slay. Uh, I would say a Lucifuge Danzig would slay your blues. Oh my god, I would love that so much. What's the general age range of your viewers here? Just curious. You're 23. Um, I've looked at my demographics and it's like 98% male and it's between the ages of 24 to 55 are the highest. It's like 24 to 35 and then 35 to 45. Maybe actually it's not 45, 50, not 55, 45. Those are the two highest. So it's like this 20 year span from 25 to 45 and 98% male kind of funny. Um, <laughs> um, how old am I? I'm 35 guys. I just said that. Maybe I'm just reading old comments. That's the problem that sh the shirt came out quite well. I use transfers and they come out poor because you your transfers suck, dude. You know what you got to do? You take a transparency. What that is, it's like what you see in the, in, you know, in school when they put it on the overhead, you take plastic transparency and you put it over your image and you do a stencil, you cut, make sure it's a simple thing and you cut around it. And each time you want to change a color, you use a new stencil, a new transparency. And then you line them up in the, in the design and you go color by color and voila, you have a shirt where the colors will not run. That, that, that paint dries on and it stays, stays 42 gotten to the misfits when you were eight, uh, when you were you got into the misfits in 88 wow this is like what 79 78 years old so be like 10 years old 10 11 years old 12 years old it's crazy got into the misfits in the mid 90s because of metallica's last caress hmm i am off topic but glenn there is no topic tonight we are just sort of we're free balling a little bit i'm, I'm gonna launch into the show in just a second I am off topic, but Glenn has to be in the pantheon of greatest lyricists just for writing shredded wheat in a rock song, rock song ripped up like shredded wheat. Genius. I damn. I agree with I agree with you, Zambot. I love it. I love it. Um, Dagger says you get more live viewers later at night. You know, what's funny da uh, Dagger about that. I've noticed that it's between the hours of 730 and 830. Or 7.30 to 9 is like seems to be the sweet spot. But I'm told that my YouTube audience typically goes, uh, is always on YouTube around 4 p.m. So that's when I premiere like rerun clip episodes at 4 p.m. I'm revealing all my secrets. Ha ha ha. No, I just I look at data and I try to use it to my advantage as I'm trying to 
just grow the channel. We're, we're 25% of the way there to in phase one. So please like, but most of all, subscribe. Please subscribe to the channel. It's super important, super duper important. That's the number one thing you could do. Please subscribe to the channel. Um, yeah, I heard Metallica's last crust first seems to be, yeah, it is, a, it is, yes, I agree. Seems to be a lot of people starting point. I forget that I'm also recording a podcast at the same time. I need to be more visually descriptive in my talking or else it's just not good for the Spotify's. Um, yes, I agree. It is a good starting point. Last crest that is, uh, Simeon's channel asked, does anyone know anything about the box set? I think there are two versions. I have the one that has four discs. I did not know that. I thought there was only one box set. I guess the only difference would be that there, there's a, a pin. The pin is missing. Winston says, Winston, oh, Winston, did you ever send the, dude, send your video. Do you never sent your video? We, we promised that we would look at it. So send us your, send in the video, man. You said you had problems with the technology, but figure it out. I don't want you to be left out in the cold, even if the contest is over. Jeff, a while ago, someone mentioned the band Death, not the metal one. And you commented saying that the music was good, but you didn't like revisionist history. I was wondering what you meant by that. <sighs> Shit. Well, here's the thing about Death. It's these uh, three guys from Detroit, uh, early, early 70s were making a music that was very, I mean, it was punk rock, right? It was punk rock. However, they were completely isolated in what they were doing. There was nobody who was really aware of death. Death did not become known until the documentary came out. Like I've never in all of my years exploring counterculture, did I ever hear about the band death? And that's not to say that my, 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 my view is deep and, and, and wide. And you know, that I'm like an all knowing omnipotent person. Uh, however, I feel that I don't know. And again, it's just me and it's just my feeling on it. And I'm not saying that my feeling is valid and anybody who thinks that my feeling is not valid, challenge me, tell me why you think otherwise, or explain to me what I'm not seeing in the picture. I think that death is getting a lot of clout for being an influential band when I don't think they had any influence. They were definitely early. They definitely were making a music that I think would absolutely be categorized as punk rock. But if the Stooges aren't considered to be punk rock, then why is death considered to be punk rock? You know what I'm saying? Death, I think, was around from 70, but somewhere between the years of 72 and 74. Now I'm going to have to look it up because that's what we do here. We look up these things. Hold on. I'm checking real quick the official. I don't want to be wrong about this. Death. 1972 let's see uh can i find it death i should really look for a band called death that's what i'm looking for a band called death great documentary great band i don't want to take away from the band and how awesome they are i don't want to take away anything from them however when people talk about death and their place and yada, 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 I roll my eyes a little bit. I'm like, come on, dude. What about like, it just doesn't, it's not in the, it's not in the narrative. Nobody was, nobody cites death as an influence. You know, here's what the, let's see what the Wikipedia says, right? Hold on. Um, well, let's see what the Wikipedia says real quick. I'm going to read this. Death is an American rock band formed in Detroit, Michigan in the United States in 1971. That's super early. By uh, by brothers Bobby, David, and Dennis. 
uh, Hackney. The trio started out as a funk band, but switched to rock after seeing a concert by The Who. Seeing Alice Cooper play was also an inspiration. Music critic Peter Markisak retrospectively wrote that David pushed the group in a hard rock direction that presaged. Punk, what does presaged mean? Define. Oh, a sign or warning that it will happen. You know, I want, that's exactly how, okay, I, I dig that. I really, really dig that because I think that's the most appropriate way to discuss a band called Death. I don't think, you know, I saw some video where they were talking about how, you know, Death started punk rock. And I just was like, what? Like, come on. And you know, what really made me mad was like, you know, and they're talking about, first of all, they're complete. They're talking about their place as a black punk rock band as well. And it kind of annoyed me because I'm like, what about Pure Hell? Pure Hell was on the scene and was like the black punk rock band in the scene in New York as early as 1974. And nobody talks about uh, nobody talks about them. Pure Hell. They're out of Philadelphia. So it's like, I feel like all this clout that, you know, I would be so frustrated if I was if I was in pure hell. And then, you know, I was thinking about like the bad brains in Fishbone. And I just kind of feel like these guys are getting shoehorned like retroactively. And again, they are, in, in my opinion, they are an interesting footnote novelty in on um, in the punk story. But do are they the are did they create punk rock? No, I don't think so. Uh, that's how I, that's honestly, that's how I feel about it. And that's how I feel about it. Hold on. Um, they say presaged, right? Um, and while this certainly didn't help them find a following in the mid seventies today. So this is the perfect way to describe it. Actually today, it makes them look like visionaries and that's what they get. They get all this credit for being visionaries. And I just feel like it just kind of, I, I feel like it's just, you know, if you talk to anybody who was in the punk rock movement or whatever was around back then, they're never they will be like, who's de death? What's death? Death is not known. If you mention Iggy and the Stooges, people go, oh, yeah, Iggy and the Stooges. You know, you look at you look at the band that influenced all the other bands. It's Iggy and the Stooges. And so I kind of feel like I don't know, kind of I, I just feel like they're I, you know what it is? It upsets me greatly that a band like the Bad Brains is A, not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as being like this monumental, influential black force in punk rock. And I feel like all of the accolade goes to a band that was incredibly obscure, that most certainly predated everybody else, but didn't really influence. I think you have to be influential. People have to have heard of you and then derived influence from you in order for you to be a part of that tapestry. And so are they a part of the tapestry in the sense that they were making something that was aesthetically similar? One billion percent. I Again, I think the quote, the quote is perfect. This is what the, this is how I feel about them. Push the group in a hard rock direction that presaged punk. And while this certainly didn't help them find a following in the mid seventies, Today, it makes them look like visionaries. They are seen by many. This is what I think is kind of not true. Well, I mean, I guess maybe retract. They are seen by many people as one of the first punk bands in the world. 
I would say they were 100% an early punk band, but the first punk band in the world? Come on. I mean, look at the Seeds. Look at Screamin' Jay Hawkins. Look at Little Richard. Look at Iggy and the Stooges. Look at the MC5. Look at the Velvet Underground. You know, there's like a mill. I feel like there is a lot that, I feel like that's a very clumsy statement to make, you know. Um, and they, you know, they did some recordings in 1975 and they were went unreleased till 2012. So what does that say about a, a band called Death? It just says that they are, uh, uh, they are they they look like visionaries that frankly I'm not sure if they were you know they were doing their thing but it was outside of the bubble you know and again you know it it, it, it is tied in it's tied in with the fact like part of the aspect of why this is so significant is that it's three black guys and I guess what upsets me is that like where's the where is the attention and credit and you know um all the accolades and highlighting of pure hell and the bad brains and a band like even fishbone who, who started in 1979 but just like this monumental force that influenced so much and these bands they just don't get any recognition but of course because of how early death was around suddenly it's like whoa you know but look but here's my question to you now look at funhouse and then look at the, the death record, like the, the songs, the eight songs. Look at both of those. Look at a song like Down on the Street, which predates it by a year. I mean, it had already been going on. And that's not classified as punk. Would you, could you say that death was proto-punk? One billion percent. As a matter of fact, if I was making a list of proto-punk bands, boom, there's death. But when I hear in videos like, yeah, death was one of the influence, death created punk. Death was the influencer of punk. I hear, I hear that stuff and I go, that's just not, that doesn't, no, that's not, I, I don't think so, man. I don't think so. And again, show me where, show me where I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, like I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying like, that's how I feel. And you know, it's like a, it's a sensitive subject for a lot of reasons. And I really don't want to take any credit away from what they did do. They did, they did some really cool stuff, did some great stuff. I just want to put it in the context of everything else. That's honestly what I meant by saying, you know, um, death being kind of revisionist in its history. You know, the, here's the big difference. And I really will shut up about this because I, I, I can't can't believe I'm still talking about this. Here is the big difference between the revisionist history with Iggy and the Stooges, which never really was at, at some point after 2003, 2004. And Nick, shout out to Nick. Nick and I are going to be doing a show soon about Iggy and the Stooges. We're doing that. That's right. New show, guys. We're going to be exploring the world of Iggy Pop and the Stooges. So if you like that stuff the way you like the Misfits, we're going to be talking about the Stooges soon. Because um, I love the Stooges. We love the Stooges. Um, sometime in around 2003, maybe it was even as early as 1996 when Please Kill Me came out, which is the book by Legs McNeil. But I would really say in the mid-aughts, like around 2003, 2004, 2005, 2006, I had seen the Stooges in 2004. That's how I, I chipped my tooth in the mosh pit. This was a time where people reframed, people reframed what the Stooges were and what their impact was on a mainstream pop music culture level like pop, like music level you know what i'm saying like people 
recognized the impact that the Stooges had. The punk community always knew what that impact was, but the average move, uh, the average music goer didn't. And it burst wide open into the mainstream. People started to really recognize as the Stooges came back, how revolutionary they were and what they were doing and how an album like Funhouse in 1970 or a song like I Got a Right in 1973 was mind-boggling. Speaking of Glenn Danzig in the previous episode, we talked about Glenn Danzig wrote a forward. They recorded it. The Misfits recorded I Got a Right, you know, except he changed changed the, the lyric to anytime I want, I got a right to kill no matter what they say, you know? Everybody was influenced by the Stooges. The Ramones and the Sex Pistols, what did they have in common? Both influenced by the Stooges. The New York Dolls. The Misfits, every band that came after, you know what I'm saying? Ten years into his career, Iggy Pop was a legend in the punk community because of what he had done with the Stooges. So that's my feeling on all of that stuff. And again, it's it's sensitive stuff for a lot of reasons that I'm not going to get into now. But that's my feeling on it. And it comes from a place of studying the history of punk rock and being such a big punk rock fan and you know, knowing my stuff enough that I think this doesn't really fit. I don't know why this is becoming the narrative here because it doesn't really make any sense to me. <laughs> nice one of the Beatles knowledge. I'm up there too. Yeah. Ask you any Beatles question. Oh yeah. You could Google. All right. Here. All right, Dr. Airlift. And for anybody in the audience, here's my, here is a Beatles question. What was the Rolling Stones first hit single? Written by Paul and John, and who sang it? There's there's a little piece of Beatles trivia. It's not terribly, it's not a terribly deep cut, but there you go. Let's see if you can answer that. Balotus fatigue lingering. Bit, oh, about your COVID. Yes, I'm 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 sorry to hear that it was intense, but I'm glad that you're 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 on the mend. Milton, uh, John Voice of Doom says, your blues wins for the Danzig cover for sure. He would crush that, dude. Crush it. It would get crushed. It would get crushed. Um, do you ever listen to Freddie Mercury's tribute to John Lennon? He wrote it as soon as he found out that he passed. Such a good track. Life is real. I've never listened to that, Robbie. Yeah, I will check it out. Uh, what album is that on? Is that, or is that just like a single or something? Um... <laughs> This is the this is the free for all exactly. <laughs> oh, everybody likes that. Everybody likes that. I am eighteen. I got into the missus when I was fourteen. I went to the riot show in twenty sixteen. So badass. You know, Amy. I have to tell you, this is incredible. So Amy is an example of a few things. One, she is in the point the the two percent female demographic on this channel. So glad to have you, Amy. It's <laughs> it's great to have a uh, uh, to not be one hundred percent a male audience. Um, number two, Amy is of an age where she, she got into the misfits after the misfits reunited. She does not know about the dark ages. She, in her world, the misfits were always together. Isn't that crazy? I talked about this a year ago and it's just crazy that here is a real life example in Amy. Thank you for sharing that, Amy. I really appreciate it. Truly, truly. Leave out the Beatles. You mean you don't want me to talk about the Beatles, Simon? Why not? Why can't I do that? Why can't I do it? There's a band called the Funkles. If you don't. Oh, wait, the Funkles. Are you talking about the 
Beetle, the, the Punkles. Yes, I do know the Punkles. And they do super speedy versions of Beetle songs. You, you, you misspelled that. It says Funkles. The Punkles, yes. And the Punkles kind of remind me of, you, you want to know, if, you, if you're not into the Beatles, but you want to kind of get into the Beatles, the best way to do that would be to listen to the Buzzcocks, listen to the compilation, Singles Going Steady, and those songs that like when I listen to singles going steady, it, I just imagine that the hard days night era Beatles had um, that the hard days night era Beatles had come had happened in the seven late 70s instead of the, you know, 1964, because songs like I'm in love, you know, love again. I mean, um, ever fallen in love, um, you know. Everybody's happy nowadays, you know, harmony in my head, orgasm addict, all of these songs, noise and noise, they're just Beatles songs, man. That's all they are. Just like, oh, oops, there you go. Punkles, you had it the whole time. Uh, so check out the Buzzcock singles going steady if you like punk Beatles. Jeff, do you prefer solo Danzig or Sam Hain? Um, I love them both, man. If I, if you're going to, man, don't make me pick. I don't know. I love them both. It depends on my mood. It's the same thing with the Misfits, dude. I don't think there's a bad Misfits song. There's seriously not a single Misfits song that I do, that I do not like of the original 77 to 83 canon. I love them all. I love them all for different reasons. Are there some that I love more than others? For sure. But I don't think there's a bad Misfits song. When someone says, is there, do you have, what's your least favorite Misfits song? Is there a bad Misfits song? I'm like, I don't got one. I don't got one. People look at me like I'm crazy. By the way, you know what I just realized we didn't do? And it's like super bothering me. And I feel like I should have done this a while ago. And I didn't do it. And as you could tell, I'm stalling as I find what I need in order to make it happen. And it's this. Make it <laughs> Sorry, I can't believe we forgot to do that. Uh, by the way, if you're just joining us, please make sure to like, share, and most of all, subscribe. Subscribe. Uh, you know, it's this is I think this is the perfect time to discuss this. Metal Made in Hell says, Does anyone else get ads for adult diapers and funeral insurance, or is it just me? Well, Funny you should mention that. And then Dr. Airlift follows it up by saying, I pay $10 a month to see no ads. I can't take YouTube with ads. Um, there was 50 people in here last night. Yes, we were up to 50 last night with the Danzig thing, uh, with the Doyle thing. So it's funny you say that. I would like to take this moment to discuss my first piece of business tonight. And that is that I have officially launched... A Patreon! Now, why does that matter? Why does that... What does that have to do with what Dr. Airlift is, Airlift is talking about, paying $10 a month to see no ads? I can't take YouTube with ads. So, check it out. I am... For a while now, as you guys know, I have been unemployed for a year as I've started to develop this YouTube channel, and I've really taken... Great consideration. I want to go pro, baby. I want to go pro, and I can't go pro if I don't find a way to sustain myself and my family. I have a son, a daughter, and a wife, and a mortgage. And, you know, 
I need to be able to pay bills. Uh, and if I can, if I can do that, then I can focus on this full time, full time, full time and a lift up the quality of the content, meaning do it with better production values, you know, both in post-production with editing and otherwise, you know, a lot of the time I, I have to be quick on my feet because I got a little two-year-old running around, you know, tearing up the house, you know, that kind of thing. It's, it's, it's well, everything's interconnected when it comes to this stuff. And so I finally figured out, I was like, God, I got to figure out how to do this Patreon thing. So I've started a Patreon officially, and I'm going to talk to you about it now. So please take a moment. Let me take a few minutes of your time to tell you about the first phase of the Patreon that I'm still figuring out, by the way. I don't know how it's going to work, but I'm just going to explain it. Ready? I'm just going to explain it. So please give me a moment of your time and your attention. I appreciate you. I appreciate you all. Seriously. I, I already appreciate your viewer support to begin with. I mean, just the mere fact, hold on, let me, let me pull this up. Let me pull myself up. Just the mere fact that you guys are here and you watch the show and you support by watching the show in the first place, I'm grateful. I, that's all, I, I can really ask for nothing more than that. So truthfully, thank you. However, in my constant quest to always be better, to take things to the next level, I'm looking to figure out ways that I can create support structures that are renewable, that go beyond just buying a cup of coffee, but aren't, but are super like insignificant. And so I present the very first level of Patreon. Now, I don't know if anybody's going to dig this stuff. I don't. Maybe everybody's like, I don't care about either one of those things. And you know what? Honestly, I may say join the Patreon, but I will not shove this shit down your throat. I really will not except for right now when I'm shoving it down your throat. This is the one time I will shove this shit down your throat in terms of like, I will not be constantly mentioning it. Maybe what I'll do is I'll figure out, and you guys can tell me, you know, if there's like a, a five minute, maybe I'll put things on a timer and there'll be a five minute break where I can talk about the Patreon for a second and then go back to a regularly scheduled program. I don't want this to be an ongoing thing. So let me talk about it now. So here are the membership levels that I'm currently playing with. And they're available. You can go check it out. There's a link in the comment. Go into the, uh, sorry, the descriptions. Go into the descriptions and click. See, it says join the Patreon with the arrows. Go down there and you can open it up and see what it says. So here's what it says. Ready? So here's the Patreon. The Patreon, the first thing is called the Murdergram. And it's for $1.38 a month. And that's it. And what do you get for this? You get to support the content. That's right. What? No special bells and whistles? Yeah, man. No special bells and whistles. Do you like the content? Do you like supporting the content for the price, for a price that's less than half of a cup? Sorry, for half of a half of a cup of coffee. If you go to Starbucks and get a $4 cup of coffee or $3 cup of coffee, for $1.38, you can become a Patreon today. What do you get? I, the, there's like a chat community thing. You get to support the creation of this content. That's what it is. It's a support feature. And you get a Murdergram shout out with like a Danzig purr. We'll do that. That's what it will be. And the way it works is that it's a buck. That's literally it. That 38 cents, surprisingly, that's Patreon's fees. So it's a buck and nothing more. And then the next level is the YouTube casualty. And I'm still figuring this out. And basically the YouTube casualty is going to get you the chat community uh, support the continuing creation of this content, ad-free content, ad-free episodes, complete show archive ad-free, 
Murdergram shout out and ad free video. So what does that mean? It means this. If you're, I've had so many people complain to me in the comments about ads. They hate the ads. They hate that I have them and that I might even increase them a little bit. It like pisses people off. I understand. However, I'm just trying to make a living. <laughs> I'm trying not to work a day job, okay? I'm trying to do this full time. I have to have AdSense ad revenue. If you become a Patreon for $6.66 a month, then you will have access to every single show ad-free. Additionally, you will also get early access to special content. What does that mean? I'll give you an example. Ba-boom. You know what that is? That is my latest music reaction video. That is an hour long. It is the Samhain Final Descent Extended Deluxe Edition. That's right. There's an Extended Deluxe Edition of Final Descent that I made myself where I combined everything and we did a musical commentary with 15-minute history behind the album. And I cut this thing together. It's just like the Unholy Passion video, except it is for Final Descent. And what I'm thinking is I'm going to keep doing these things. And eventually everybody will get to see them, whether you're a Patreon subscriber or not. But there will be a 60-day window where you cannot see it. So if you feel like waiting 60 days, that's fine. I do that all the time. I wait. I just wait. I wait, wait, wait. But if you can't wait, if you want it now, sign up for the Patreon and you will get the early access for that. And that's that's basically it, man. That's all I got to say about this. So like I said, to, to reiterate here, for $1.38, you can become a Patreon member. It's $1.38 a month. And what does that do? It allows, it helps support the content, keeps everything going. I see a dollar out of that $1.38, and I made it cheap. You know why I made it cheap? Because... I don't think it should, I mean, listen, you're already getting it for free. I, I don't really, I don't want to create, I'm not, this is not going to be a gatekeeper here. I want you to fucking have the content. That's why I make it, you know? Um, but, you know, if you want to support the channel, some people do, and I'm very grateful for that, for all of you out there who have, who have given support thus far, and there's too many of you to name, I salute you all, thank you. Um, this is an additional way you could do it. Or you could buy a cup of coffee or you could do a super sticker. Check out the super sticker function. So that's my spiel. I'm going to shut the hell up about it now. Okay, Jeff. Okay, you got your timeshare. There's your timeshare minute. So if you want to join the Patreon, check it out. Every episode, I'm going to do that little spiel. But somewhere in the middle of the episode where it's not a bother, okay? And then we'll go back to our regularly scheduled programming. But Dr. Airlift and Metal Maidenhead gave me the perfect opening to talk about that stuff. And so I did. By the way, it's ever evolving. There are more tears. I'm still figuring everything out. Just saying. Um, <laughs> outside of the pin, there's one box set that has a different type of CD cases. Yes, right. The original Static Age came in a special limited edition metallic pack. Oh my God, that reminds me. I was supposed to... I was supposed to contact Franche Coma today because, wow, holy shit. I just refer totally forgot to do that. Got to do that. Yeah, there was a special edition Static Age uh, jewel case, I think, that came with that. Alan says, I think the box set has two versions with different. Yeah, okay, there you go. Yeah, 17 bus, no ads for my peeps. 17 bus, 17 bucks, no ads for my peeps. I, okay. Um, yes, I think Metallica cited death before, but I could be wrong. And it was Venom. Yeah, I don't 
I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Whoa! We had a super sticker. I didn't even see that. Thank you. Speaking of support, I want to thank Dr. Airlift for airlifting a super sticker for $5. Guys, you can do this if you'd like. There's a super sticker super sticker function in next to the live chat comments. This money goes towards the support of the channel. Do you know what I'm getting, by the way, with the, the donations that I've received so far or whatever contributions? I'm getting a new boom arm. I got a light coming in. I'm going to take the uh, aesthetic and i'm also got this green screen thing i'm trying to get a hold of gonna gonna take the production up a notch it's gonna be and, and also facebook facebook live streaming that is another thing i want to do i got to do it through Streamyard, but i man the cost i have to justify the cost so I'm, I'm working towards it but thank you oh you know what you get i'm so sorry we totally forgot um anybody who does a super sticker has to receive the danzig purr of course hold on Ready. This is for Dr. Airlift. He gets a Danzig purr. Here it goes. Let's jack up the audio. Isn't that just the best? Thank you. Thank you, truly. I'll leave that open in case anybody else does it. Um, Chris Spawn says, I think the first punk band in general was the Sonics. Yeah, the Sonics, the Sonics, the Seeds. Robbie says, pure hell over death. And I mean, listen, I don't even know if you can compare necessarily pure hell to death because what, just because they're both black punk bands? I mean, it's just like, you know, they're, they're, they're just both, it's just, it's just a matter of how people talk about like, you know, when they talk about uh, black punks and black punk bands in something that was, you know, considered to be a mostly like, you know, really don't want to have this conversation. That was, th that there were not a lot of them. And it, it just, I hate that Pure Hell gets overlooked. I, I've seen Pure Hell live a whole bunch of times and they were great. And I just, it kills me that they've been around forever. They were around since the beginning, you know, and that they just don't get the recognition that they deserve. And death does because they had a documentary. Beatallica, yes! Beatallica is, is a band that does Beatles songs like Metallica songs. Or no, Fuses. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Beatallica is really crazy. I'd love to see them live. What's up, Rue Mork? How you doing, man? How you doing? You're probably here already. I'm just getting to you in the comments. Um, Dr. Ehrlich, all punkers seem to cite the Stooges as the first punk band. Chuck Berry was rock and roll. You know, the first punk, the first real punk and punk in a lot of different ways. The first punk was Little Richard, man. Little Richard was punk, dude. Chuck Berry was punk. Those guys were all punks. Rock and roll. The original rock and roll from the 50s was punk. That was punk. You know, they call it punk in the 70s, but punk is just a rebellious counterculture attitude at to uh, going against the grain of the mainstream and plugs into a variety of different aesthetics. That's why Glenn's recent comments are like, oh, punk could never happen today. Punk's happening right now. Shut up. Punk's happening right now, man. Is it happening? You know, uh, and I don't want to butcher his name, Tarek, Tariq in our, he's, he's the guitarist for the Horlords. He was in the group and he talked about what it was like to be a punk rocker in like the late seventies and how dangerous it was. And, you know, maybe 
the, the, the danger factor is not here today the way it was back then. But that, but dude, punk rock has never died. As long as there is a youth element and a rebellious element, there will always be punk rock. And what's funny is the stuff that's punk rock today, people wouldn't even call punk rock. You know, this like weird rap, screamo, crunkcore stuff that is unlistenable music. That's the new punk rock, I'm sorry to say. I, I, do I want it to be the punk rock? Of course not. It's like, it's not music to me. But that's the whole point. That's the point. Hey, old man, you don't get me or my music. Fuck off. You'll never understand. The Sonics were punk. And, you know, talk about maybe they were the first horror punks, too. Besides Screaming Jay Hawkins, the second horror punks. You know, look at a song like The Witch, Psycho, Strychnine. Come on. Thanks a lot, Jeff. I will get you my entry to the Devil Lock Pantry. Just got to get the file small, I think. Yeah, man, you do it. You do it. From us, good vibes. Thank you. Firmus. Firmus. Dude, I love Fishbone. Fishbone is like, mm, Fishbone is my jam, dude. Fishbone is my jam. I love it. Uh, I've seen Fishbone five times. And I have met Angelo and the guys a bunch of times. And... They are seriously one of my, they are such a good time. If we ever get to a place where people can go to live music again regularly, like if whenever that happens, when Fishbone comes out back out on the road, I will be there. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to buy a shirt from the merch store. And God, yes, Iggy is the godfather of punk. Uh, there's a Peruvian band called Los Psychos from 1964. Garage rock protopunk, way older than death. Dude, Jarvis, I totally going to check this out. Never heard of them. Los Sayocus. Los, I'm probably butchering that. Found him. All right, I'm going to take a listen, man. Thank you. I'm, o I'm so, always love that stuff. I want to be your man, Ringo. Oh, he answered the question. <laughs> the correct answer is yes. It's I want to be your man. That That's what Ringo saying. So I asked uh, a trivia question for anybody who's just joining us. What was the Rolling Stones' first number one hit written by Lennon and McCartney that was sung by Ringo? And the answer is, I want to be your man. Ready? Here's another trivia question. Ready for this? Mm, I got to think. I got to think. I got to think. What is... Ah, I really want to stump you. But I really want to stump you well. Who is doing the count-off... In between, in the day in the life, the song A Day in the Life from Sgt. Pepper, 1967. Who is the person that can be heard counting off to eight, which is the amount of whatever measures or time that they had to fill in with the orgasm of 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 orchestra that they, you know, that 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 orgasm of sound, as George Martin called it. Who is doing the count off one? Two, three. There's your next trivia question. Let's see if you can answer it. That's right, Robbie. I want to be your lover, baby. I want to be your man. Uh, the Sonics and Los Angeles came around the same time, but I believe the Sonics predate them. Yes, they do. And they're still around. And they're still around. <laughs> the Dark Ages. I waited my whole life thinking that the Misfits would never reunite. That Right, Winston? And then 
Um, oh God. Oh no. I'm going to totally butcher the name. Cause I forgot the name, Amy, Amy. And then Amy comes along and is like, Oh, in my world, the misfits never. And that's not to, listen, listen, let's not rag on Amy. Amy's lucky. Good for Amy. That's awesome. I think it's great, you know, but yes, it was that she never got to experience the dark ages. Damn you, Amy. <laughs> uh, years ago, I was at a bar. Talked to a guy about music. I told him I'm not really into the Beatles, but if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have them. That, you know, Chris, and for anybody who doesn't appreciate the Beatles but can recognize that, I say, I salute you, sir. I'm not saying, I'm not forcing the Beatles down anybody's throat. I'm not saying that you have to like the Beatles. But much like you, I'm not a Bob Dylan fan. I don't care about Bob Dylan. Do I recognize his place and his contributions and what he's done? And that he's this great musician, 100%. Just not my cup of tea. And I can totally respect your feelings about the Beatles, man. Totally. Yes, always with the theme song. Always with the theme song. Um, I was at a bar years ago. Oh, yeah, you already said that. You already said that. Uh, Doom says, the only Misfits song I think is bad is Mephisto Waltz. I don't even know if I spelled that right. Well, it's technically not a Misfits song, but it's not bad. It's great. But you're entitled to your opinion. You're entitled to your opinion of being wrong. <laughs> Technology is hard, says Winston Smith. I just can't. <laughs> oh, you're sweet. I really do appreciate it. Um, what do you got to do is what you got to do. But please, no rolling ads. Lord, what do you mean by rolling ads? What is a rolling ad? What's up, Nikki? How you doing? Guys, check out Nikki. Nikki has... Uh, first of all, he he did this great music. Let me see if I can find it. This is a great video. Oh, you know, we'll do it later. We'll do it later. Um, Nikki is a musician. He put out an EP. He has a great music video. Check it out. Check out Nikki's stuff. I like I like Nikki's music a lot. Uh, Nikki was in the Devil Lock contest. Um, what's up, Yeet? Yeet. Your Patreon sounds great. Thank you. Listen, anybody, and I'd love, I'd love feedback on that too, you know, <laughs> bro, bro, the green screen. Listen, let me, I'm going to tell you something about green screen. I just shot a project. I shot, I shot this, um, I did this freelance thing, whatever you want to call it. It was a long, it was an hour long video that contained 10 individual music videos Seven of them had green screen. We set up a green screen and it was, man, I got to tell you, I was sweating bullets because the guy's green screen was wrinkled. I wasn't sure if if everything was going to work out. I didn't bring my laptop that day because I, I don't usually don't bring laptops when I shoot stuff. And so I go to him, I go, hey, man, um, can we download DaVinci Resolve on your laptop? He had his laptop and we were using it to record music and stuff. I go, can we just download DaVinci Resolve and check the key out? I wanted to key out the green on his laptop to make sure that our setup worked. And it did, you know, in in theory. And then when I got home and I had like a week to edit 10 music videos for this thing, it was a super tight deadline. I get home and sure enough, there was a shadow at the bottom and it didn't key out. It keyed out a little bit. There was a little and I was just going, man, green screen. If you don't have if you don't have the right tools and the right amount of light and stuff, green screen will F you in the A. And just like it did Dr. Chud. 
<laughs> oh, yeah. I'm glad you like doctor. I'm glad you like the purr. Yeet, bitch. I really appreciate. We are one. <laughs> Yeet, bitch says not much to say other than we are one. Yeety eight. I, I, you know, I want to hear how Yeet, bitch talk. Like this guy is so funny because he's like, <laughs> he's always doing this. Like, have no fear. The Yeet is here. Well. We got to do the Danzig purr for Yeet because he uh, he donated. Hold on one second. Here we go. Ah. <laughs> I don't think I ever get tired of doing that. I don't think I ever get tired of doing that. Does anybody know who is actually doing that that Danzig purr? That's not Danzig. That is someone imitating Danzig. It's one of the finest Danzig imitations I ever I ever witnessed. Play any Danzig era misfits and put a fifties era dance scene syncs perfectly. Really? I will give that a try. Uh it's kind of like um what is it? Dark side of the uh, dark side of the moon or whatever. Um, you're ready. I I I I can't remember the count off. That's a tough one. George Martin or is it John maybe? So I asked another trivia question, Beatles trivia question to Dr. Airlift. I asked him who is doing the count off uh, in between in the middle eight. I guess we would call it the middle eight of A Day in the Life, the Beatles song from uh, Sergeant Pepper in 1967. And the correct answer is Mal Evans. Mal Evans was one of two guys that if if man, if Mal Evans or Neil Aspinall both dead and gone now, if any, if either one of them could write a Beatles book or had written a Beatles book, that is the Beatles book I would shell my money over. And I've read many Beatles books because that would be the most honest look, scathing look at the Beatles because those guys saw everything from 1962 all the way up. Well, for Neil Aspinall, all the way up to, you know, the, the late 70s. And eventually he became the president of Apple. And Mal Evans sadly died in the late 70s. So... Yeah. Rolling ads is when the middle of a video, you get a pop up that says ad starts in five minutes. So, I mean, Lord, those definitely on are on all the videos. If you sign up for the YouTube casualty pledge, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put my entire archive on a channel without ads and you will have access to it through the Patreon. It's or no, sorry, it's through Vimeo, I think. Um, so you'll be able to listen ad free and that's one of the perks and like i said i'm thinking of changing it it's not i don't know i'm still trying to figure out the tiers and what makes sense and what's you know not too expensive or too expensive so i don't know we'll see we'll see what happens i don't even know if anybody's gonna join and i wouldn't blame them if it didn't you know i'm just figuring hey i'm trying to create any revenue stream that i can so that i can keep doing this that's what that's the honest truth doomdale says uh, this really interested me, but I'm sure you know already. Jay Retard said that after he topped indie rock, he moved on to metal. His metal band was called Winter Coffin. Whoa. First of all, Doomdow, I love that you know who Jay Retard is and listen to Jay Retard. Second of all, Jay Retard had like a thousand bands. Um, I do not. I've never listened to Winter Coffin. I got to check them out. I know about Angry Angles. I know about Digital Letter Leather. I know about the lost sounds. I know about the retards. And I know, obviously, the solo work, the solo stuff. But I do not. I've never heard of Winter Coffin. I want to check that out. 
Jay Retard, for those of you who don't know, was a musician. He, 29 years on this planet, put out over 200 singles, released two solo albums, countless albums. He, he, he must have written, I don't even know, something like 500 songs from the age of 15 to 29, and then he died of a of a drug overdose in January of 2010. And what kills me is that I had so many opportunities to see him live and he just was never on my radar. He's always coming through New York and I and I was always in the city and I never saw him live. Really bummed me out. Oh, they only made one song. Okay, I got it. I got it. Uh, since it's free for all, what are your top... Since it's a free for all, what are your top three favorite movies, Jeff? Ah! <laughs> Hold on, before I get there, yes, Nikki, you are correct. The doc on Jay is fantastic. Um, there is, man, I can't say enough incredible things about Jay Retired. It was a very complicated, crazy, violent, um, prolific, talented guy. Go listen to his solo album, Blood Visions, okay, everybody? He does all the instruments himself. He is a madman, a madman. My son really likes Jay Retard. We don't call him Jay Retard of the house. So I don't want my son saying the R word. So we say, I say it because it's his last name in a band, but we call him JJ. I like to think that Danzig would vibe to Blood Visions. I, man, me too. I would hope so. I would really hope so. Because it, you know, when people ask, it's like, oh, what's punk after punk? Jay Retard, baby. That dude is... So to answer Dr. Airlift's question, what are my top three movies? I don't have a favorite film. I don't. I, I don't have a top three favorite films. I'm, you know, for as much as I love music, I love movies just as much. I could talk endlessly about films. When people ask me what my, what is your like, if I have to pick one film and say it's like my all-time favorite film, a film that I revere and relish, you know, my, my personal favorite is Return of the Living Dead, but hands down, that, that spot is Night of the Living Dead, the original 1968 film. I could talk for hours. I wrote a thesis paper in college, a 20-page thesis paper in college on Night of the Living Dead. Uh, I love that movie so freaking much uh, for everything. I love its craft. I love the story. I, I love the aesthetic. I love everything about Night of the Living Dead. And I also love Return of the Living Dead, but for different reasons. Speaking of Return of the Living Dead, I had a 90-minute interview for Pizza Punk with John Penny. Who's John Penny, you might ask? He is the screenwriter for Return of the Living Dead Part 3 and the assistant editor on the original Night of the Living Dead uh, to go in tandem with my Brian Yuzna interview. And for those of you who don't know who Brian Yuzna is, go motherfucking Google that shit. Um, <laughs> a loaded question. Would you rather be blind or deaf? What? What the? Doomdell? What are you? <laughs> I'm not it. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for what I have is all I'm going to say. And you know what? Here's what I would say. One answer. You know, I'm going to talk about spirituality for a brief moment. I choose. I have a higher power that I choose to call God, but it's not necessarily God. It's just a higher power. I just like using the word God because it's easy. And there's a prayer that I love that relates to this question that Doomdale says. And this is the question. This is how I would answer it. I would say, God or higher power, thank you for everything that you've given me. And thank you for everything you've taken away. And most of all, thank you for what you've left behind. And that's one spiritual minute with Jeff. <laughs> um, excellent choice. And, and, and that's to say that I am not a religious person. I said, I believe in a higher power. I believe in spirituality. I don't 
like rules. If you like rules, that's cool. I, I love and respect everybody and what they do. Me personally, I don't play by the rules. I go by the whatever. I, why am I talking about this? This is not something, this is not appropriate for the show. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to shut up. Uh, excellent choice. I'm from Pittsburgh, PA originally. Uh, and it's filmed just no, north of us in Evans City. You know, it's funny you say that. It's so funny that you say that. You know why? Because I've been there. Not only have I been there, let me see if I can find it. <laughs> I haven't watched this video in a long time. Let's see. Let's see how it holds up. Let's see if I can find it real quick. You know, I had a whole thing. Do you know that I had content for us to do? And I haven't done any of it because um, here, let's see here. Evans. There it is. Yeah, so basically, so I was nominated against Tom Holland's film. My film, Romeo's Distress, was nominated against Tom Holland's film. Tom Holland directed Fright Night and uh, Child's Play. And it was written by, um, what's his face, who wrote Friday the 13th, the original Friday the 13th. I'm trying to remember his name. Uh, Jesus, this is really bothering me. Why can't I remember his name? Um, and I lost to him. I lost to them, but it was such an honor. I was so honored to even be in the same category. That was like, that told me, I was like, dude, you got to keep doing this stuff. Cause like one day you're, you'll make something really great. Hopefully. Um, <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. We got a bit of a drop off there. Uh, all right. So let's get to the, the content here. So why is it called fiend? Why do we call this? I, my God, it's 90 minutes. We're 90 minutes into the show and we haven't even discussed the misfits once. Do you guys like this? Should we spin this off into something else where it's just the Jeff show? Like whatever, not the Jeff show, like just from us. You know, that's what I want to do initially. I mean, I love doing misfit stuff. Never stop doing the misfit stuff. Um, so this is an article that was written but well, before we get there, so sometimes you guys send me emails and I am really bad about communication. Sometimes I, I let my, my, my correspondences, they they pile up. I get overwhelmed and then I find myself having to respond, find them and respond to them. And I found several. Uh, <laughs> I don't feel like doing it now because we're 90 minutes into the show. But I'm going to because I that's what I committed to. Um, let me find it. So here's some emails that I've received uh, from some of you guys. And I haven't even read them. I figured I'd read them live on the thing. Yes, it was Victor C. Miller. Victor C. Miller. And I walked up to Victor C. Miller at the Nightmare Swim Festival. And I said, hi, my name is Jeff Rummis. My film was Romeo's Distress. And I just want to say it was an honor to lose to you and to be nominated in the same category as you. Because to me, I was like, dude, that's Friday the 13th. Like, that's so cool. Like, no matter what you think about Friday the 13th as like a film, like that, that dude is like, I mean, that's like a that's an institution. And my tiny little feature length film that I shot for two thousand five hundred and fifty five dollars was nominated against Tom Holland and Victor C. Miller's film. That blew my mind. Truly, truly blew my mind. So anyway, I have some letters here. Um, and I call this fiend mail because it's in relation to the show. And what happens is I get these letters and I love getting them, but I just, it's like I, they, they pile up and then I don't respond and I feel terrible. So I'm going to acknowledge them here on the show. And you know, if you want to write me, feel free to go to the, go to the Gmail. 
So let's just check out what's being said in some of these letters real quick. <laughs> Fuck. Filler episode, Jeff. Ah! <laughs> this is from Mike. And Mike says, Mike Fennel. Hi, Jeff. I just stumbled onto your channel a few days ago and I've been eating it up. It reminds me of the hours spent sitting along with my friends obsessing over Glenn when I was a teenager. I'm a little older now, but I'm so uh, happy more of this information is finding its way onto YouTube. Listening to you describe the Lost Misfits songs was amazing. That's in our first episodes, people. Check that out. I've been a big fan since the early 2000s when I was in middle school in Canada. Had a Misfits ripoff band. Who didn't? as so many of us do, haha, <laughs> and first saw Danzig around 2004 when he started playing with Doyle and met him in 2006 when he invited some friends onto the tour bus in Montreal. That remains one of the best days of my life. I was on the icons of the Underground Tribute album, but I don't have a copy anymore and haven't seen one since. Right, that has um, that has Scamacy. The infamous Scamacy is on that tribute album. If you don't know who Scamacy is, seek out the legendary... Sam Scamacy releasing his solo album from the ashes of Scamacy comes Scamacy. <laughs> Sorry, from the ashes of Scamacy comes Sam Scamacy. He had a band called Scamacy and then that band broke up and then he did a solo project called Sam Scamacy. It was from the ashes of Scamacy comes Sam Scamacy. I love Sam. Sam's great. Um, Misfit Central guy from way, way back. Uh, you might know him as Michael Danzig on the Misfit Central uh, fan boards. That remains one of the best days of my life. I was on the yeah Icons, the Underground Tribute album, but I don't have a copy anymore and haven't seen one since. I was also lucky enough to meet most of the other Sam Hain Danzig guys through various iterations of the band, buy and trade records and merch with Erie and Steve, London, etc. Erie was cool enough to check out some of my songs when I was younger and agreed to an interview on my old college radio station. That's awesome. Man, I'm in Scotland now and have been running record stores and dabbling with record labels and pro audio related stuff over the last decade. I always thought that I wanted to pursue this stuff because of Glenn rediscovering everything Danzig and finding your channel has reminded me why I got started and that nothing will ever replace making music with my friends. That's a beautiful statement, man. And I'm, I'm glad that this channel could help help you with that. Truly. Uh, the music industry, lol, is not even close to being as cool as I thought it was going to be as a young Glenn fan. Writing this uh, due to a boring workday and just wanting to show my support. I appreciate that, man. I really do. I'll send a coffee donation to ASAP. That's always appreciated. Keep up the good work. The more of this stuff that sees the light of day, the better. I enjoyed the Pete Marshall interview a whole bunch. There's so much on your channel that I'm not totally sure what your plan is. But I gather that you are working on a documentary or something. That's right, Mike. Thank you, Mike from Scotland. Really, really enjoyed reading that. I just read it blind on the air. I figured I'll just read this on the air, which is better than, you know. And I just want to say, man, I, I love hearing stuff like that. And I think it's awesome. I, I mean, your experiences are awesome. What was your band that was on Icons of the Underground? I'm curious to know. And uh, what I'm curious to know what brought you to Scotland. Um, but in any case, thanks for writing in uh, in your fiend, your fiend letter. And uh, I'll shoot you an email to let you know that you're on the episode. And yeah, that's how I, that's that was my way of responding to the correspondence. Yay! <laughs> um, this is from this is from a devil pageant follow up from Cody Crypt. Hey Jeff, this is Cody Crypt. 
And I love how he does the smiley crying emoji thing. That cracked me up. Had uh, happy to have been featured because we did a devil lock pageant. So check that out. Uh, just a bit of clarification. Napster and such absolutely existed around then. But my family didn't even have a computer at that point. I don't know what he's referring to. He must be talking about something that we mentioned with Napster. My father literally used to say that they were a fad. I still rubbing that one in his face. Ha ha. Plus, no one I hung out with had internet yet. See, this is, man, these are the stories that blow my mind. Again, another blow my mind story. The school had one computer with it in the media center. That was it. Do you realize how connected we are by, by the internet? The internet is this exchanging of ideas and information and concepts across the entire internet. It's essentially a electronic hive mind consciousness interacting with each other at all times, you know? Um, He says the school had one computer with it in the media center. That was it. Being from a tiny town in the middle of nowhere with no real clue to the rest of the world, I literally thought that the internet was something only rich people had. That's also why I literally never heard the term punk. There was no counterculture here at all. Those were dark times. You hear that, Amy? Not to sound like a old timer, because I'm not, but you have no idea how lucky you have it, Amy. Um... <laughs> Those were dark times, lol. Anyhow, I think we ended up getting it the year after I graduated in 2003. Then I pretty much just used it to go to Misfit Central. So there you go. So Cody was on Misfit Central too. What was your handle, Cody? Thought you might appreciate that tidbit. I do. I really do, man. And thank you for participating in the Devil Lock pageant, man. I will, he says, have a great one, buddy. Keep up the stellar content. I drive three to 400 miles a day. So I love the constant output. Hey, man, Cody, as long as you keep listening, I'll keep going. Oh, guys. Hey, everybody. Eric's here. <laughs> we can start the show now. Eric's here, everybody. He's only he's only an hour and 37 minutes late. You were almost 138 late, and that would have been unforgettable. Unforgivable, I should say. All right, so that was our second letter. Here's our third letter. Now, I left this guy anonymous. This one I read, pre-read. I left this one anonymous, and the reason why is because I don't know if he wants this public, and I don't want to embarrass him, and I don't want to, you know, because I'm going to say some things, and I just, I'm not trying to, like, make people, oh, no. Oh, no, AM is here, you guys. Oh, AM! Gosh darn it. <laughs> um... This guy messaged me about Misfits Remasters. I left his name anonymous on purple. On purple. Okay. He says, hey, Jeff, I originally sent this. Ah, why did that happen? Hey, Jeff, I originally sent this message on the They Came From Lodi Facebook page. Yeah, I, dude, I'm so bad about that Facebook page. Guys, I am so bad. I'm sorry for anybody who's left me a message. I'm so sorry. <laughs> hey Joe. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> it begins. For those of you, seek out the uh, Misfits timeline episode and see why we shudder at the name AM. Dun dun dun. <laughs> oh God. Um, yeah, so this guy uh sent me a message on the They Came from Lodi Facebook page. Uh then he realized it's probably not the best way to contact me. Yeah. I guess the best way to contact me is videobusinessmedia at gmail.com. 
I'll get to your email eventually and I'll read it live on the air or respond privately, whichever. Um, sorry, I just, my, my, I'm so overloaded with correspondence and messages and pings and things. And it's not because I'm an important person. I'm just like, I just get, you know, it's hard to keep up with it all. Honestly, it is. Um, and, you know, again, I get these great swaths of paragraphs, which I love reading, but then I have to respond. I'm also, you know, people don't realize, do you know, I respond to every single YouTube comment, every single one, most of them, 99.99% of the time I'm responding to YouTube comments. All right. I'm just saying that for those that don't know, I was bored effing with Jeff and in chat for a while. I was quite obnoxious. I mean, I don't know if you were bored or if you just, like, had nothing better to do, dude. Like, it's no skin off my butt. It really isn't. It really, really isn't. Um, so anyway, he says, I'm a follower of this page as well as your YouTube channel and a huge Misfits fan, which I really appreciate. Thank you. Recently, I made a hobby. He said He puts this in quotes, remastering two of the Misfits albums in an attempt to get them to sound just a little more balanced, and I guess you could say modern. I tried doing it in a way where the changes were both subtle but noticeable. Didn't want to taint the original sound, just wanted to balance out the levels a bit. The main focus was to bring up the guitars in the mix. I did this for Walk Among Us and 12 Hits from Hell. I'm happy with how they both came out, but I think people would be stoked to hear 12 Hits in, hits in particular. In my honest opinion, it's probably the clearest and best sounding example of a Danzig era Misfits album out there. There may be better examples, but I personally haven't heard any. The reason I'm messaging you is that I'm not, and this is why I left him anonymous, because he said he's not super comfortable and I don't want to embarrass him or make him uncomfortable. He says, I'm not super comfortable with putting them on YouTube because of the band's stance on things like that and also not paying for music in general not looking for any kind of monetary gain from it. I'm just a fan who wants to enjoy the music at it, uh, as best I can and wants to share it with others. If you have any interest in the files or any ideas on what to do with them, I'd be interested to hear it, and I'm happy to share. Also looking forward to the film. Keep up the good work, man. Well, first of all, thank you. And second of all, to answer your question. And again, if any of you want to write in questions, I, I don't mind doing this. You know, you write in a question, and I'll do the answering. Yeah, but I'll do it on here because I can think a lot faster than I can type. Um, uh, what was I saying? Yeah, so to answer your question, I what could you do with them? In all honesty, do what I do and go on YouTube and do a commentary with your Misfits tracks. That's what you should do. When you do a commentary, you are transforming the work. It's becoming, you're critically analyzing it and it's not just you putting something out for profit or monetary gain. You're transforming what you are doing. You're not just hosting a f intellectual property that is not yours. You are transforming it because you are commenting on it. So add a commentary to what you're doing and why you did the mix that you did and why it makes sense for you. Here's what I don't understand. How, and again, someone who is a music person, Joe, in the comments, anybody, please explain to me, Robbie, if you're still here, I don't know if you left, um, anybody, Rue, anybody who knows why, is, um, why it is, and this is my understanding, 
you can't remaster anything if you don't have the masters in the first place. Is I guess that's why he put mastering in the quote in the quotes remastering i used to hear this all the time people would be like yeah i remastered famous monsters like back in the misfit central days and it was just always like how could you remaster a mastered album without the original tracks you need how could you remaster doesn't remastering involve remixing don't you have to mix it don't you need the isolated tracks to do such a thing i mean sure you could put some eq on something but does that mean that you're mastering it i don't think that's mastering at all i think you're just i don't know like adding you know you're tweaking it you're tweaking the sound but is that a mastering job i don't think so and that's what my real question is and that's why again i wasn't sure if my comment would make you feel uncomfortable and that's why i left you anonymous but i want to say thank you for taking the time to write in thank you for uh i appreciate your listener support and you know being a part of the channel and your passion for the misfits like mine and my suggestion to you is to do a misfits commentary track on your own youtube channel and that way you can't get in any trouble and you get to show off the, the, the work that you put into your files. That's what I would do, man. Okay, that answers that one. On to the next one. Uh-oh. Here we go. All right. This was from February. Like, I'm so embarrassed that I literally have not responded to these. Again, like I said, emails, um, Facebook messages, all this shit, it piles up. And then I fucking answer a couple of things and then more piles up, more comes in. I get overwhelmed and then I, you know, I don't, I waste my time with correspondence when I need to be doing other things. It's a way for me to procrastinate. It turns into a whole thing. I'm so sorry. Neil, I apologize. To all of you who've written, I apologize. This is from Neil Grocock. <laughs> what? Yo, his name is Neil Grocock. That's awesome. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name. Is it Grocock? Grocock. I think that's Grocock. G-R-O-C-O-C-K. Grocock. He says, your YouTube channel and a story about Sam Hain, Brian Baker, Chuck Biscuits, and Tommy Victor. You know, it's funny. I was like, I, I bookmarked this story. I was like, oh, I'll do that on the show. And I just never got to it. And I was like, dude, you got all these things. Let's do a fiend, uh, like a fiend male episode. That's what a filler. It's a filler episode, whatever, you know, can't all be bangers, you know. Um, he says, hi there. First of all, I really enjoy your YouTube channel with your detailed musings about Misfits, Samhain, and Danzig. Your level of details is superb. I have been a fan of all of Glenn Danzig's projects since about 1986. I am right now listening to your live stream of Brian, uh, Brian Damage Keats and the last Misfits show on 10-29-83, Misfits Evil live streaming show number 52. That was 10 episodes. We're on episode 62 now. He says, whilst working a night shift, I'm in the UK, by the way, I thought you might be interested in a meeting I had with Brian Baker of Minor Threat, Government Issue, Dag Nasty, The Meat Men, Junker. Boy, Brian Baker's been in a lot of bands. He said, I went to see The Almighty, which is a British rock metal band in Cardiff, Wales on uh, 25th of June in 1991. Junkyard was the support band and Brian Baker was their guitarist at this time. I was in the bar of the venue uh, during some of the Almighty's set. I went to see Junkyard, really. At the bar was Brian Baker, and I struck up a conversation with him, saying that I was a big fan and enjoyed most of the bands that Brian was a member of in the past. We sat down and chatted for about an hour, which was quite surreal for me at the time, being a fan. Dude, 
I know, Neil, I know that feeling. I so know that feeling. It just happened to me because I was talking to John Penny, the writer of Return of the Living Dead 3, which is a movie that I worship. Speaking, we talked about Return of the Living Dead. I was talking to a guy from Return of the Living Dead 3. And it's like, yeah, man, it's like, it's like they're not necessarily like big famous people, but they're famous to us. So it's like I almost get more like, you know, uh, finicky about that than say, you know, maybe if I was meeting like Bill Murray or something wouldn't ma matter as much as say meeting Brian Yuzna, whose work like just, you know, influence like it was uh, informed so much of my adolescence, like so many of the other things that I love. In any case, it was quite surreal for Neil because at the time he was a big fan. The discussion moved on to Brian inviting me to Inner Ear Studios if I was ever in Washington, D.C. How cool. Uh, I never made it to Washington, incidentally. But still, just like to know that you got that invitation must have felt really, really good, Neil. I somehow came onto the subject of the Misfits and Samhain, and Brian said to me, I was a member of Samhain for a short time. That's right. At the very beginning, Lyle and Brian from Minor Threat were going to do a supergroup with Glenn. And, you know, Glenn was flying down to D.C., and it didn't work out with Brian, but Lyle... Ended up recording a little bit on Sam Hain, and he did the first Sam Hain show ever in March of 1984. He says, <laughs> he says, I was a member of Sam Hain for a short time when Glenn was thinking of forming a supergroup of sorts. There you go. With Brian, Lyle Preslar, and Jeff Nelson from Minor Threat. So it literally would have been Minor Threat with Glenn Danzig instead of Ian McKay. Isn't that crazy when you think about it? I didn't know that Jeff, Jeff Nelson was uh, a part of that. He said that they rehearsed a couple of times at Inner Ear Studios. One thing that Brian said, and I've never forgotten, was that Glenn was very difficult to get along with, saying he wouldn't take on board any ideas that didn't come from him. Also, that one of the prerequisites was that all of the members of the band would have to have black hair and that Brian would need to dye his hair black if he wanted to be a part of the band. Brian has blonde hair. I thought this was hilarious, and Brian thought this was a ridiculous request. Irrespective of talent, you need to have black hair to fit in with the image. At this point, Brian thought, well, I'm not dyeing my hair, so clearly would not be a part of what became Sam Hain. He then went on to join Tesco V in the Meat Men. I just thought you would like to hear the story. For me, it was amazing to sit and talk for an hour with the punk legend. Awesome story, Neil, and I really appreciate hearing your your take on it or sorry your retelling of his point of view that's the stuff that we come to this channel for like the really rare rare pov type stuff right um he says neil goes on to say i never saw the misfits or samhain live but i saw danzig support metallica in birmingham nec in the uk on the 29th of september god you got you you brits you do the the date in reverse in 1988. So he saw, he says that he thinks it was the 12 gig ever. I also some wait. I also saw them a second time on the 5th of December, 1990 at the London Astoria theater and got to meet Chuck biscuits outside of the venue before the gig. He had walked across the road from the venue to forbidden planet to purchase some comics. Oh, so they have a, they have a place called forbidden planet too. Uh, he signed the first Danzig album on the inside over the band photo. We asked Glenn if it was a 
what wait we asked Glenn if it was about Chuck but Chuck said I doubt he will come out to see you guys he like oh oh he would ask where Glenn was about sorry we asked if Glenn was about sorry that's a British vernacular that I'm not from I'm so sorry uh, uh Neil says Neil says we asked if Glenn was about but Chuck said I doubt he will come out to see you guys he likes to keep to himself I never did get to meet Glenn I will say I wouldn't take that personally because you know especially like before a show. That's like, if you're on tour, that's like your downtime. Maybe, you know, that's Glenn's downtime. He's doing whatever Glenn does. What anybody, what any musician will tell you the same thing. That tours a lot. That's like your personal downtime. That's why like when you do see a band and like they are so giving of that time, it's like really like nice. You know, maybe maybe Doyle would be less grumpy about some of that stuff if he didn't get to use so much of that personal time to do meet and greets and put on the makeup and stuff. You know, when, when when these guys say, oh, I'm busy, I'm busy during the day, I don't really think they're that busy per se, as they are like, they, they need to decompress before they even prepare to get ready for the show that night. Especially, you know, imagine you're doing 75 dates. Shit, that's crazy. Uh, in 1989, Neil says, I also had a short chat with Tommy Victor, who's in prong, supporting Faith No More at Bristol Studios. Tommy gave me a promo copy of a 12-inch one-sided single of prong, live at CBGB's, and got the band to sign it for me. That's awesome. I hope this provides you with some interest. You seem like you were an Uber fan like I am. I sure am, Neil. Keep up the good work and take care. Neil, Neil, I'm sorry it took me so long to get to that message. It was excellent to read that. I really do appreciate it. And I'll make sure to email you with this episode so that you see that we it was acknowledged and that I just want to let you know I appreciate you. Let me get to some of these comments before we get to the, I think, we at the, yeah, there's one more. Not sure how much I will read of it because it is very long and it is long in the episode. If you know what I'm saying, Eric asks, Hey Jeff, sometimes I miss things that are obvious, but I cannot find your email address. I wanted to send you my band's music video, super stupid mini horror movie. It video business media, gmail.com. Eric it's in, if anybody wants to send me an email, it's on it, go to the about section on my channel. You'll see all of my links and contacts and things. That's where you, that's what you that's where you go and what you do. Let's see, is Joe getting into a fight with AM? You know, I get accused of trolling here quite often. I resent the term in Lodi. That's considered ball busting. It's all love, you guys. He's got a point. That is like, well, you know, Joe has, Joe, the guy, he he's traveled to Jersey several times. He He's from Tennessee. They call him Tennessee Joe. But he he's, he's visited Jersey, I think, a few different times. And while he was there... He met some of the locals and learned about ball busting. And so that's what he's referring to in his Tennessee Joe kind of way about things. He even had pizza when he went to New Jersey for the first time. And he loved every single moment. He tried Taylor Ham. Hey, I'm just busting. Hey, I'm just breaking your balls. I'm just breaking your balls. Relax. Relax. Uh, that's right. Welcome back to Lodi. I'm not even going to read AM. AM, I, I can't. I can't with you tonight. I can't with them. What's Dagger Love say? No mastering is done after mixing, but to master, you need the original source. Thank you. Thank you, Dagger Love, for explaining that. I had a feeling. I had a feeling it was true. AM says, because he's actually saying something instead of just like being a, a knucklehead, he's saying, because mastering is basically adjusting the volumes of everything panning to be very simple. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. Mastering is just EQ and compression. You can use any source. I still feel, 
I still feel like, like, of course you would need the masters to do that. That's the highest fidelity, right? Oh, my God. I can't. I can't with this guy. <laughs> Chris, don't even bother. Rue says, remastering is when you mix the source, but you can always master the final mix. Okay. I, I take Rue at his word. Didn't Jerry and Doyle work at, like, a metal work? Yes, Pro Edge. Their father owned it. Yep, built them at the shop. That's right. Um, I was doing my TV production inter internship in Detroit, says Jake Bailey, and got to go to the first Motor City Nightmares and Meet. What is... Oh, and meet dot 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 gotcha. And meet dot dot dot. We're going to see who he says. We don't know. The lore is that um, I am. Joe says mastering does not necessitate individual ISO tracks, isolated tracks. Okay. Okay, so so I'm wrong, guys. I'm wrong. Is is that? I guess I was wrong. You know, to the guys who whose letter that was above, I'm sorry, dude. I guess you did technically do a master job. I could have sworn that in order to master something, you needed the source tracks. Mastering is the post-mix set. I know what mastering is. I know what mastering is for film and video, but I don't know how mastering works in the music world. Joe says, mastering is a post-mix process that addresses the overall volume EQ, addresses and eliminates pops, hisses, tames harsher, unnecessary frequency. I mean, I do, I do mastering myself, if you could believe it or not. I just don't, how does it, like, how, how, don't you need... The tracks, if you're, if it's a song, you need tracks in order to master. That's what I don't understand. Ah, you met Bill Heinzman and Judith. Gotcha, Jake. Doesn't, you don't make sense. Sorry, video business media. Yep, that's right. Video business media, gmail.com. That is correct. That is correct. I'm a mastering engineer. Joe is correct. Okay, you know what? Listen. Elk Bomb, you pro listen, I like when I say that I master, I per do not master. I'm not a mastering engineer. And listen, you probably know, you definitely know better than I. So I yield, I yield the argument to you. All right, let's read this one last letter. This is a doozy. This I got on the Graves video. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Also met and hung out with George Romero for a few minutes. That's awesome. I'm so jealous, man. And you talked to him. Uh, oh, you talked about the misfits on Bruiser in particular, Jerry. Uh, Jake, what did George Romero have to say about Jerry only when you asked him? I'm dying to know. You got to let us know. Tell us in the comments, please. Um, I, I can only imagine. For those who don't realize, the misfits um, appeared in Bruiser, George Romero's film in the year 2000, and George Romero directed the Misfits video for Scream. Both share the footage from Bruiser, which was used in, they used the B, they used it as B-roll in Scream and shot new scenes to go with it. And that's the, that's the infamous music video where Michael Graves didn't show up for whatever reason, whether he could get into Canada, couldn't get into Canada or didn't show up. I forgot the reason why he didn't show up, but he didn't show up. And all the guys were pissed at him. Everybody was upset with him. They had to use a double, a stand-in. Uh, I know that Jerry has shared about that over the years, about how that irked him to no end. You know, uh, Kenny, too. Kenny's spoken about that. In any case, here is the final letter. So this is from a girl, a woman, who who um, contacted me. This is a long one. 
Her name is Victoria, and she sent me a novel, and I don't think I can read it all, man. I mean, a lot of it, she's from Brazil, and she's sort of like explaining uh, Graves and why Graves is the way that he is, I think. I don't know, man. She says, hello, good evening. Thank you. First of all, thanks for sharing my email. I realize that lately some fanatic fans of Michael have commented on your videos trying to argue and fight, and I particularly hate these situations on social media. Ha ha ha. And to be honest, I'm also a little tired of people defending the former president and this kind of speech. Oh, this is going to be more political. I don't want to get into politics. You know what? This is not a good idea. She's just talking. She basically is breaking down why what she thinks happened happened to 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 Graves. Um she does say I work in UX design and this work is totally focused on social and technological innovation and man there's no way to have a closed mind to work with human beings and understand the reality of other people. I really don't understand how some musicians and some artists want to build the future by looking at the past. She says weird it's like she she did these bullet points Again, listen, I really appreciate this comment. I'm realizing that this is actually not something to be read on the internet. It's probably something to respond to privately. Weird changes. Anytime, anyway, sometimes I ask myself, what happened to this man that took him downhill? When I saw the things he said last year, I felt really disappointed. I remember several moments that his music was important to me. It has always helped me in a lot of different situations, especially in some difficult times that have gotten through in my life. And the funniest part of all is that like other situations, this inspiration from his work contributed to a lot to my personal training, my social and political opinions, and they are completely different from his. Ha ha ha. So she's trying to like negotiate graves now. I Man, I can, Victoria, I totally understand because you want to know something? I, I'm not reading your whole thing on purpose out loud because I realize it's not for public. I realize why you emailed me and you didn't want to do it in the comments. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Victoria. Um, but, you know, my favorite band, one of my favorite bands, I was just talking, I just sent in an email to this other guy and I was explaining how one of my favorite bands, No Bunny, the, you know, it's very weird for me, man. Like, I understand some Graves fans that are upset with him. Like, you know, like, I love No Bunny, but No Bunny did some really... Like just uh, unforgivable um, like atrocities, and um, it's very hard for me to enjoy the stuff. Usually, I could separate a, a, an artist from its from their music, but this is harder. I I don't know why. Maybe it's because I knew the guy. I knew No Bunny a little bit, and it just bums me out. I knew him superficially as a fan. I knew him. I'd see him at every show. Every time he came to the East Coast, I was there. Yeah, or, or New York, I should say. Never missed a show. In in um in nine in eight years nine years nine years I never missed a no bunny show on in New York City and uh, yeah I don't know I but I can understand why you know trying to 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 understand someone that you really appreciate where you really respect their music and yada 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 um a new video so this is where this is where I will respond Victoria she says. I saw a guy commenting on one of your videos giving you incentives to try another conversation with Michael sometime, and particularly, I think it's a good idea. You seem to be a communicative person. Thank you. And perhaps if you try another approach, you might be able to conduct the conversation in a better way. I have absolutely no reason or interest to ever talk to Michael Graves about anything ever again. I would love to have Arturo on the show. I would love to have Arturo on Pizza Punk. 
truly. Um, I, I would ask him one question. There's one question I would ask Arturo. I would ask him. <laughs> it's mean. I'm not going to say it. it. Yeah, forget it. In any case, I, I, I have no reason to talk to people. Someone said something that I thought was so perfect, that so perfectly surmised that situation. You can't play chess with a pigeon. A pigeon flies in, flies onto the board. I saw this in a Facebook group. Lands all over the pieces, knocks them all over, shits all over the board, and then struts out of there like thinking that they won. And that's Michael Graves. <laughs> there's, no, there's no reason to talk to him or not that he would even want to talk to me. And I don't know. I just thought that was funny, though. I just I wanted to respond to that uh, in, a, in a new video. Um, she says he is a public person. Um, he is a public person has a power of voice. I believe that is very dangerous to spread ideas like he is doing 100%. So I think if you have another opportunity to talk to him openly, it could be a, a good opportunity to raise questions about his ideas. I think we're, it, we're so beyond that. Not just me. I just think in general that dude is so far gone. He's like a right-wing pundit on Gavin McGinnis, like, network. So that is like, no thanks. Um, well, that is it. I just wanted to share some thoughts on all this. And once again, thank you for sharing the email. I got to know your channel through the Michael video. I'm already seeing a lot of other content. I'm finding it very interesting. Congrats for all your work. Thank you, Victoria. I really appreciate this email correspondence communication. Truly, I do. Um, and that is it. No mastering is, Joe says, no mastering is most commonly done from a wave file from the final mix. Okay, there you go. I'm not even messing with, oh my God. Oh my God. So, how was this show, guys? I really enjoyed it. It was fun. We had a good time. We had a wonderful... You know, this was supposed to be an hour long. I was supposed to be an hour, and then I have to get back to work because I have so much work. There's so much stuff for me to do, and um, so I have to stop, unfortunately. I don't because I'm having such a good time. Here's what I want to know, and, I, and I'll, I'll leave a poll. I'll do another YouTube poll. Do you guys like a show like this where we're not necessarily focused on the misfits and just sort of having a generalized conversation? Because we will totally do this again if that is the case. And I'm going to do, I'm going by poll, not just by the people who are here. You're obviously still here. There are 24 people still here two hours in. So on some level, people like, people like this stuff live, do it for the live part. If you want to continue like doing shows like this in this sort of format where we talk outside of the misfits, you know, <laughs> this is so funny. <laughs> Rue says nothing's ever an hour long. Who are you kidding? <laughs> yes, I have seen Dead in Breakfast. Yes, yes. I like it, but misfits have to come up at least once. Dagger, I promise you that every episode that we do like this, the misfits will come up at least once. I promise. And Dagger is someone who is, I, I want hit to hear his two cents. He's supported this channel. He's been a voice. Same thing with Rue. You know, like, I want to hear what you guys think. You know, it's not like, listen, I'm gonna, at the end of the day, I'm going to do what I want to do because I do what I want to do. But I very much want to consider the small audience that I have and try to, you know, make things better. You know, I'm, I'm glad you thought this was chill, Chris, truly. So um, we will definitely do something like this in the future when I need to do another filler. And again, you know, it'd be really great 
if you have any, you know, if you want to write me an email, send me an email with your stuff. I can't promise I'm going to get to it right away, but we'll, we'll read it on, we'll read it on the air and it will be friggin' awesome. Uh, Lord asks any discussion of horror, either misfits or Danzig will come up. Yeah, of course it will. I think no matter what I do on this channel, the misfits are going to come up in some way, shape or form. And I don't mind that. It's just that, you know what it is? And I'll be on, I'll level with you guys at the end of the episode. I'm leveling with you. I just, I don't, I want to make sure that I'm expanding or growing and outside of something that's so finite. That's how, that's my fear. My fear is that the misfits are finite. And Joe tells me all the time, he goes, dude, you're so wrong about that. There's so much stuff. And there is, there's so much to do. As a matter of fact, I had a different episode I was going to do tonight. I had something planned and I said, you know what? I'm going to actually push it to next week because I didn't want to be here for two hours, which I totally failed anyway. Um, so my, my point is just simply like, uh, you know, how can I grow? That was the whole point of Pizza Punk. That's what we're doing. So Sunday, real quick, again, check out the Patreon. Check out the information on the Patreon. If you have any questions about the Patreon, if you see something that's not there that you want and you want to be added to the Patreon, please let me know. Um, <laughs> Dagger says, no way. They are not finite. I love your optimism. I love both of your optimisms, truly, truly. I worship the two of you and your optimisms as two guys who are always in the fucking live chat. Thank you for that, for making me feel good about that. Um, I'm doing a Stooges show with this guy, Nick. He runs the Stoogeaholics Facebook page, uh, Facebook group. Go check it out. Nick is also a big Misfits fan, really awesome, talented artist. And so we are going to attempt a new show. It's called Two Stooges Talking Iggy. On this channel, we're doing an hour. We're starting. It's an experiment. We don't know how it's going to go. I can't wait to give it a shot and talk Iggy. If you enjoyed the conversation, we were just talking about punk rock earlier. It'll be a lot like that. We're doing that on Sunday, but I think it's going to be pre-taped. So we'll, we'll promote it a little bit. So that's the plan. Check out the Patreon. Make sure you subscribe, like, share, comment, blah, 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 blah. Thank you so much for joining me again. I, I appreciate you guys so much for your listener support. And um, if you want to go check out that movie I was talking about that I made when I was talking about in Night of the Living Dead Cemetery, motherfucking um, Romeo's Distress. Is there actually that? Maybe that'll be a tier. Maybe that'll be on a tier as well. Um, well they've been... Very dark lately, except Glenn getting asked about more Misfits shows, and he said to be open. No, you're out of your goddamn mind from us. There's no end to Misfits discussion. I hope you're right, Joe. Hey, Jeff, just... Hey, Zombie John, you're missing... Dude, we're at the tail end here, and I'm literally stalling because I see more comments coming. Um, turn on your notifications so you know when we're going live. You'll always be notified, like uh, um, uh, like the Doc and, and, and Mr. Red and anybody else who, who jumps on. Thank you, Rue. The Iggy show is going to rule. I know you'll appreciate that. Misfits had enough drama to make three movies. This is true. Throwing horns. 20 years in the Misfits Central message board. Provide all that at times 138. That's right. Okay. Bye, AM. Bye. <laughs> bye, everybody. We have a fun way of saying goodbye here. We say peace and hair grease. Let's get the flow now. Let's get the flow now.